Hello, everyone, and welcome to Plastic Possibilities, a podcast produced by Plastics Today. I'm Norbert Sparrow, editor of Plastics Today, and I've invited Keith Hechtel, Senior Director of Business Development at Corbell Plastics, on today's program to talk about an article he recently published on trends in plastic materials. Welcome, Keith. Thank you, Norbert. So, uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, you recently wrote a piece on the top 10 plastic material trends. We won't be able to go through all 10 in this interview, but I did want to take this opportunity to explore some of the trends that stood out for me. First up, you cite plastics with antimicrobial properties and enhanced resistance to disinfectants as a major trend. I take it that the pandemic has created new demand for these materials and not just in healthcare settings. Am I right about that? You're exactly right, Norbert. In the past, antimicrobial technologies have been used primarily in healthcare settings, in hospitals and clinics to prevent the spread of infection. And now we're seeing demand for these materials in a wide range of industries, for example, in transportation. Um, It's not a surprise that we're seeing interest in antimicrobial plastics from our customers who manufacture ambulance interiors because of the patient contact. But we've also had inquiries from companies who make buses, trains, and aircraft interiors. And Norbert, we've even had interest from um, companies who work in architectural applications, such as retail store interiors and the furniture used in early childhood education centers. When I think about it, the plastics industry has a long history of trying to keep up with aggressive disinfecting protocols at hospitals and doctor's offices. At a recent SPE Antec conference, I intended a presentation by Alex von Grusward from SABIC, and he was talking about new polyester polycarbonate blends that are engineered to resist attack from medical disinfectants. The materials combine the impact resistance of polycarbonate with the chemical resistance of polyester. And what I found intriguing about his presentation was the use of a rubbery component in the formulation to uh, to better resist environmental stress cracking from disinfectants and the rubber in the formulation helped to arrest the development of stress cracks. Sheet producers such as Sekisui Kydex and Simona have taken similar approaches with their acrylic PVC alloy sheet materials. And these are tremendously resistant to medical disinfectants. These materials also include that rubbery component in their formulations to arrest stress crack propagation. Of course, it's also important to use high molecular weight polymers and produce parts with low levels of residual stress to improve a device's resistance to disinfecting chemicals. So this is really an engineering challenge um, for our industry. Right. And um, so let me follow up on that question, that first question. Are there recent developments in antimicrobials that are worth highlighting? You mentioned some, but perhaps there there are some others. Yeah, you know, there are, Norbert. I um, A few years ago, I attended a presentation, again, at SPE Antec by Sharklet, and they were talking about a surface texture inspired by the skin of marine sharks. And the geometry of the texture actually prevents bacteria from adhering to the surfaces of plastic parts. And I found their technology to be absolutely fascinating. Corbell, of course, is a plastic sheet distributor, and I've seen a proliferation of new antimicrobial plastic sheet materials that are worth noting. I'm particularly excited about the new AmGuard antimicrobial acrylic and polycarbonate sheet materials from Covestro. 
These have outstanding optical clarity, and they also have a silver ion antimicrobial agent. And you can imagine the advantages of these polymers for a retail environment or for use in a hospital where you want the transparency, but also that antimicrobial effect. Um, both Sekasui Kydex and Simona have expanded the use of their antimicrobial technologies beyond the traditional hospital equipment where they sold their plastics. And now they offer acrylic PVC sheet materials that are antimicrobial, but also have enhanced flammability characteristics for use in aircraft interiors. And another example, I've seen both Simona and King Plastics introduce antimicrobial polyethylene sheet materials for making things like durable hospital furniture, and you know how impact resistant and tough and ductile polyethylenes are. So um, I guess in summary, I've seen a wide range of antimicrobial technologies now proliferating in the marketplace. Right. You mentioned hospital furniture. So let's let's uh, stick to um, the medical uh, space for a second. Um, one of the um, um, items that made your list are uh, plastics for orthotics and prosthetics that improve patient outcomes. Can you tell us a little bit about the innovations in materials and applications you're seeing in, in this field? Yeah, that's always a challenging one for us, Norbert, because when I started in this industry as a thermal former, we mostly work with amorphous materials like ABS and polystyrene, which are really easy to thermoform. When I look at the orthotic and prosthetic industry, they're literally forming plastic sheet materials by hand in ovens, and they're using materials like polyethylene and polypropylene and EVA, which are inherently very difficult to thermoform. So as a sheet supplier, we're always trying to help the O&P practitioners to achieve good functionality in their devices. We want the materials to be comfortable for the patients. We also wanna make sure they have good fabricating characteristics. I wanted to mention one new materials technology, which is Kerbel's OPTech Flex Comfort EVA sheet. And Norbert, this is used as the liner for prosthetic legs, the part that touches the patient. As you know, EVA materials can feel sticky so it makes it really uncomfortable for the patient to put on and take off the prosthetic. Traditionally, the way our industry has coped with that is we lubricate the EVA sheet materials with silicone to reduce friction against the patient's skin. However, the silicone has some negative effects for both fabrication and also part performance. So from a fabrication standpoint, the silicone reduces the melt strength of the material and it makes it really difficult to manipulate and form by hand. It also makes it difficult when the practitioner tries to seam the back of the socket liner because the silicone makes the sheet resist seaming. And finally, Norbert, the silicone reduces the creep resistance of the EVA sheet. So patients see the material gradually extruding out of the prosthetic over time. So this new flex comfort material has a non-silicone lubricant. So it is low friction against the patient's skin, but it also has excellent forming and seaming characteristics and good creep resistance. So this is a real advance in plastic materials for orthotics and prosthetics. I wanted to mention one other, which is our new ProComp carbon fiber reinforced polypropylene sheet, again, for use in prosthetic sockets, and it's stiffer than unfilled polypropylene materials. And this allows for lighter and stiffer and thinner orthotics. Great. Um, great stuff, um, uh, Keith. Um, you, uh, one thing that stood out to me um, in your list is that you don't 
mentioned 3D printing as as one of the uh, uh, material trends, and which kind of makes sense because you don't dwell on plastics processing methods um, on that list. But do you have any thoughts on the use on its use in medical applications? Um, you know, I'm thinking uh, uh, of patient specific prosthetics, for example, since we were on that topic. Yeah, this is not an area that we participate in at Crabell, but as I read about it, there seem to be limitless possibilities for the use of 3D printing in, uh, in medical applications. Again, at a recent Antec conference, I attended Dr. Roger Nararan from the Biomedical Engineering Program at University of North Carolina, North Carolina State, was doing a presentation, Norbert, where they were actually 3D printing medication. They would 3D print powders and liquids to allow for custom formulated medicines tailored to a specific patient. It was really, really cool. And the technology, when you print a solid, it also um, creates a porosity in tablets to allow them to dissolve more quickly in a patient's mouth. So really cool technology. Another area I keep reading about in the plastics literature is the work that's been done on 3D printing polymers for the use in tissue scaffolding. So, for example, to create load-bearing structures to allow damaged bowls to, uh, bones to heal or to make um, scaffolds that allow soft tissues to regrow. So I'm really excited about where this technology is going to go in the future, and it's already um, really helping create advances in medical science. Definitely, definitely something to watch. And uh, there seem to be innovations every week coming out in that field. It's, I find it fascinating as well. Um, switching topics, um, lightweighting is a popular uh, topic on plastics today, and you list weight reduction and fuel efficiency in vehicles as a significant trend. How are plastics contributing to that in cars and indeed in all forms of mobility? Well, emergency vehicles such as ambulances and fire trucks are a big market for Kerbel, and our customers are always looking to save weight without compromising durability or aesthetics. So I'd like to share a few examples with you of how we approach this with you. The first example is the front face of a fire truck, and it's got that characteristic fire engine red paint and the bright chrome-plated metal. And what we've done now is we've introduced an ABS sheet material with a chrome film cap to replace the metal. And it gives the fire truck that same appearance of chrome-plated steel but at one-seventh the weight of chrome-plated steel. So there they didn't compromise the aesthetics and they got a much lighter vehicle. Another example is the cabinets inside of ambulances. And it's really important that the cabinet doors inside ambulances are transparent so paramedics can quickly grab equipment or medication without having to look around for them. And those doors are now being made from polycarbonate sheet, which is tough and durable. And Norbert, it's half the weight of glass doors. When I look at emergency vehicle bumpers, they're now being made out of ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene, which is incredibly tough and durable, even at freezing cold temperatures, but it's one-eighth the weight of steel bumpers. Since I'm a plastics geek, I also wanted to mention the role that polymers are playing in the rapidly growing spacecraft industry. There was a recent article in the Wall Street Journal about how there's going to be tens of thousands of satellites launched over the next five years for space exploration and telecommunications and military applications. And as you can imagine, for the space industry, light weighting is absolutely critical. So high-performance polymers such as PEEK and PCTFE and DuPont Vespel 
are capable of operating in the vacuum environment of space and in cryogenic conditions. They have good resistance to radiation and atomic oxygen and low Earth orbit and all the other things that are challenging about a spacecraft environment. And these polymers are playing a critical role in helping the spacecraft manufacturers to achieve the light weighting that they require in their designs. Um, fascinating stuff there. Um, and it, um, as I understand it, much of your work at Kerbel uh, Plastics involves metal replacement applications. Um, you talked a little bit about that. Uh, but I wanted to uh, go into one of the other trends that you highlight, which is the replacement of metals and thermoset composites with reinforced thermoplastics. So for, for the benefit of our listeners, uh, what are the benefits of this and, and what applications and markets um, are most impacted by it? This is one of the most exciting areas in polymer composites, and I really have to credit Ensinger as the uh, industry leader in this technology. Traditionally, it's been taken for granted that plastic materials have lower strength and lower modulus, that they're less stiff and strong than metals. Thermoset composites have higher strength and stiffness than thermoplastics, but they have some limitations. They tend to be brittle, they don't have great chemical resistance, and they're very labor-intensive to manufacture. And also, when you look at most thermoset polymers, they're not useful at elevated temperatures above 100 degrees C. So, Norbert, what this new technology involves are continuous fibers of either glass or carbon fiber, and they're embedded with a thermoplastic polymer, usually polyether imid or peak. And these composite materials are tough. They have high temperature capability and they're chemically resistant. They also have strength and modulus values similar to metals, which I've never seen before in my 35 years in the plastics business. So you can take sheets of this material and you can form them into finished parts using matched metal tooling. You can also have thin wall sections and thick wall sections in the same part, which as you know, is very difficult to achieve with traditional injection molding. So these thermoplastic composites have actually been used to produce parts such as automobile wheels that have traditionally been made for metal. Um, markets for this technology are things like sports equipment and oil and gas. And you can even use them in medical devices because they're transparent to x-rays. So this is a really exciting area of materials technology. One trend um, that you don't mention in, in your list is sustainability. And I know that Kerbel is very much into that. Um, and of course, um, needless to say, it has tremendous reader interest on the Plastics Today website. Can you s speak to that? Why, why did you not include it in your list? Well, you're certainly correct that Kerbel takes sustainability very seriously, and we have a really top-notch environmental health and safety team on staff here at Kerbel. I'd like to share with you, Norbert, that I've been uh, married to my wife, Laura, for nearly 30 years, and she is a PhD ecology professor. And you can imagine we've had numerous conversations about sustainability in plastic materials. So I think it's important to take a broad view of sustainability beyond simply looking at the ability of a plastic to be recycled. And I recognize that the ability to be recycled is important, but it's equally important to have products that have long service lives because this is also part of sustainability. So let me offer you an example. The Tree of Life at Disney's Animal Kingdom is made from Kynar PBDF, which is a high-performance fluoropolymer that's virtually unaffected by the UV radiation and sunlight. 
because of this, the tree of life is going to be in place for people to enjoy for decades. Now, you can imagine if they'd made the tree from painted plywood and two-by-fours, and it would require replacement every few years due to rot and corrosion. So in this case, sustainability was about creating something from high-performance polymers that would last for years and years and years and not have to be replaced. So for another example, when I think back a few decades to the cars that I used to drive as a teenager, um, they had steel body panels and I always had old cars and they were covered with rust and corrosion. And I compare that to the truck that I drive today with plastic body panels. And Norbert, I live in Buffalo, New York, where there's snow and ice and they're constantly salting the roads. And there's not a speck of rust or corrosion on my 2014 vehicle. This is one of the reasons that Sekasui's Allen thermoplastics are so widely used in agricultural and construction vehicles. They don't rust. And of course, long part life is an important part of sustainability. I wanted to mention one other thing that people don't often think of when they think of sustainability, and that is the use of friction and wear grades of high performance plastics, such as TFE filled acetals and peaks. These polymers eliminate the need for putting oil and grease on machinery, and this helps to reduce the chemicals getting into our environment. So this is another role that high-performance polymers play in sustainability. Great. Well, um, um, I guess I have to wrap up. I'd love to talk to you longer, but um, we're uh, running out of time here. So let me ask you a final question. Um, do you see any emerging trends in plastics that are not quite ready for prime time, but might make a follow-up list in a couple of years? I'm really glad you asked me that, Norbert. One of the things that I enjoy most in my career is learning about new technologies at technical meetings such as SPE and tech, and then watching those technologies get into the marketplace and get commercialized. I'm going to mention two materials that I think we'll be hearing more about. Um, the first is I think we're going to see increasing interest in incorporating graphene into polymer formulations for a wide range of applications. This material has only been around since 2004, so it's a relatively new technology. And if you add even a modest percentage of graphene into a thermoplastic formulation, it tremendously increases the material strength and stiffness and barrier properties. It reduces part shrinkage without negatively impacting the material's processing characteristics. It still allows it to be extruded and injection molded. With the proper percentages, you can also use graphene to achieve ESD properties to help a part control static electricity. So I think that in the future, we're going to see graphene moving out of the lab and being more widely commercialized in industry. I wanted to mention one other. I think that Arkham is Kepistan PEK material, P-E-K-K, -K, is very exciting. It's the only polyaryl ether ketone that has excellent thermoforming properties. So this allows large complex parts that have the mechanical and thermal and flammability properties that we associate with polyaryl ether ketones um, to be thermal formed into these big parts. And I would guess that we're gonna start seeing this polymer be more widely adopted for perhaps aerospace and spacecraft applications because it has that unique ability. Great, well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your insights, Keith. Oh, thank you, Norbert, and uh, I, I'm always glad to come back if you invite me. Um, I will definitely do that. You're, you're a font of information on plastics, I, I must say. It was great speaking with you. I also want to extend a thank you to our audience for listening and remind you that you can engage with us at our website, PlasticsToday.com. Plastics Today is all one word. 
And that's it for this edition of Plastic Possibilities. Goodbye for now.